Good morning, Kathy, and welcome to the Local Paleo Show. Good morning, Alan. Nice to be with you. Good morning, Mark. How is England doing these days? Um, well, as you know, I'm here under protest, but it's okay. <laughs> I can't complain. Kathy, <laughs> you, you and I have known each other for a while, and uh, I know you're a massage therapist and energy healer and uh, book author. Um, over the past couple of years, you have expressed an extreme sensitivity to radiation surrounding us, and I'm, we are curious to know more about it. Can you tell us about your background? Um, yes. Oddly, I was a, well, I mean, it's, it, every one of us have such a crazy life story. Mine started out that I was a pastor's daughter for a number of years from the time I was uh, five till about 11. And because of that, I had a, a profound encounter with God as a child. Um, my father left the ministry at, um, I guess, 11, and my parents got divorced, and all three of us kids went into sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> it was the 70s. And so um, the breakdown of the family, I had a psychologist tell me at one point that statistically I'm not supposed to be here. Um, we lost our family base, we lost our faith base, we lost our geographic base, and he said, statistically, you can't survive that. So to say that I was lost and, and confused would be accurate. Um, and at 25 years old, I walked in on my fiancé's suicide and became the subject of the investigation, and it was you know, I'd say from the time I was 13 until 25, I was just, um, well, I was a lost soul. I was not grounded. I had no clue what I was here for or what life was about and had forgotten God. And so um, when I walked in on this suicide, as you could imagine, my life changed dramatically. Hmm. And it was during that that I remembered God because I could feel that um something was moving this agenda forward that couldn't be explained. And I had no idea what was going on, but I found out much later that he was involved in organized crime. <laughs> so I was about to marry into organized crime. Um, he owned a business and it looked like a, you know, a perfectly legitimate business. And anyway, I won't spend a lot of time on that, but that event really brought me to my knees, literally. And um, I cried out to God and said, if you will get me out of this mess, then I'll live the rest of my life for your express purpose. And he took note of that. <laughs> and so I, I kind of, you know, was knocking on heaven's door, I guess is the way to say it, for about six years. And nothing happened. So I fell in love and got married and had a child. And about six months after her birth, my, uh, I stopped producing my, my milk. And so I was, my health just really took a severe dive and I was in church at the time. So, um, being a typical wife, mother, congregant and citizen. And, um, I, you know, at first I was like, well, it's okay. I mean, I'm a Christian. We believe in a God that does miracles and, you know, Jesus healing ministry and all that. So, um, I did what the culture has taught us to do, which is you go forward for prayer and you start seeing doctors. Even when you go forward for prayer, 
their prayer is limited to, Father, give the doctors wisdom in their diagnosis and treatment of Hathi. Well, we, we three apparently know that that's not what they have. They have pills and they have surgery and they have some rather toxic approaches. So, uh, but I was very conditioned. And so I went into the model headlong and after 11 or 12 doctors in 18 months, I was worse. So I picked up the phone one day and I canceled all the appointments and I slid down the wall of the kitchen and I cried out to God and I said, it's me and you. And if this doesn't work, I'm coming home early. Um, Life had been really hard. And although I was married to a wonderful man and had a beautiful, healthy baby, um, you know, I was, I was very ill. I had Hashimoto's autoimmune disease. I was also diagnosed with advanced cervical degenerative disc disease and told that I, my neck would be completely fused by 1991 to 93 and that there's nothing they can do but palliative care. Um, it seemed like as the time with them went on, all they could do was add to the list of my incurable conditions. So I thought, you know, that's not what I wanted. I want to get well. <laughs> so um, it, the whole system seemed wrong. It just didn't seem to fit because there didn't seem to be God in it anywhere. It's like we're doing man's way and dragging God along with us and calling that Christianity. So um, I canceled all the appointments, cried out to God, and nothing happened for six months. And I now recognize that was a time he was testing my resolve. I'm sure God hears a lot of promises <laughs> that aren't kept. And so I really truly meant it, that if you don't lead me, I'm not moving. I'm not going to another doctor until I know that you are sending me there. Because I was running from, you know, doctor to doctor and friend to friend going, do you have my answers? Do you have my answers? And so... Um, <clears throat> Six months in, I was worse, but I thought, well, I was getting worse under the care of 12 doctors, so nothing's changed. I'm, I'm staying with this. But a girlfriend dropped by one day and uh, wasn't expected, and I was pretty ill, and I sat up and brushed my hands through my hair and tried to not look bad. And she walked in the back door and acknowledged Ashley playing in the corner, and when she looked at me, she gasped. And she made an excuse and left. And that was a, a moment for me that I thought she saw death and it freaked her out. Um, my husband didn't know what to do. So he just kind of ignored the problem. <laughs> you know, if I ignore it, it'll go away. Uh, so I got down on my knees that moment and I said, okay, I have done all of the typical Christian prayers. I've done everything I know to do and none of that's worked. So I sat there and I was thinking and I was literally kneeled in front of the couch and I said, you know what, God, if it's not your will to heal me, because that's what we're taught in church is that oh, he's going to wave a magic wand and you're going to be well. Eat what you want. You want a Coke while you wait to see the pastor? <laughs> I'm like, it amazes me now that I ever sat in that um, for as long as I did. But that's how strong that conditioning is. So I, um, I said, if it's not your will to heal me, then will you show me what to do? And Alon, Mark, it changed everything. I honestly, I felt like the heavens opened and a crowd, a, a choir sang out. It was like, yay, she finally got on the right page. 
So I'm sitting there thinking, wow, that was profound. Nobody's ever taught me to pray like that. And so I'm sitting there thinking, well, what do I want to say next? And I became aware of this large ball of what felt like energy, especially now that I work with energy. I, that's exactly what it felt like, a huge ball of energy that came across the sky and stopped over our home. And then I could feel that it was getting smaller. It was containing itself so it could come down and hug me. <laughs> it was the most profound hug I will ever have in this lifetime. And it felt like whatever this was, was saying, thank God you finally got here. Yeah. And there was a, this hug and then it released me and said, everything's going to be okay, but you have to do exactly what I tell you. Do you understand? And I shook my head and there was another quick little hug and then it was encouraging me at the elbows to get up. And so I got up and I was led into my kitchen and I walked over and a book off of the bookshelf literally looked like a graphic trick. It came out at me and receded and it was fit for life by Harvey and Marilyn Diamond. <laughs> um, so I laid that book down and then I walked over to the pantry and I was said, heard, um, take everything out, read the ingredients. If you don't know what it is, do not put it in your body. Okay, so I got a box and I cleaned out the pantry. There was pretty much nothing left. <laughs> you know, it's the American way of life. And then I went to the refrigerator and the freezer and my medicine chest. And so this presence came to be with me that really was, I called it my Jewish mother presence because it was a nag at times. I mean, it was, you know, every time I bent my elbow, I heard, what is that? What do you know about it? Where did it come from? Who said it's safe to eat that? Know what you're eating. And I was like, wow, that's amazing, you know? So, um, it, every, I mean, this went on for a long time until I, it got ingrained. Um, so I went into this, you know, it was really obvious to me that I had been encountered by God. And that, oh, I forgot the biggest part of the, the murder thing is that when I told God that I would give him the rest of my life, I was exonerated by a judge named Judge Love. <laughs> uh, he looked exactly like Grandpa Walton. He had white hair down to his collar. He uh, had a white beard kind of mid-chest. And he had taken off his black robe and had on a white shirt. So when I was called into his chambers, it was a, a white moment. I mean, and he had an aura that I now recognize. He was just white. And he brought his chair around knee to knee and was very kind and said, I see nothing in this file that makes me think you did this. And, and the, the grand jury never met. So it was just a whole. And so, but his name was Judge Love. So I'm like, Judge Love gave me a second chance. Um, that made it very clear also that God had encountered my life. And so I began this spiritual journey of getting well, and uh, he gave me three insights. And the first one was eat as close to nature as possible. Eat whole, real, living, and a lot of live foods. Um, the other sec the second insight was live as close to nature as possible. The third insight was 
when necessary, medicate in harmony with the laws of nature. And so I started adjusting my life to this and I was going into um, juice fasting and then I started doing a lot of water fasting and um, that was more for spiritual reasons than anything. But what I now recognize is that this whole process was me um, raising my vibration. That's exactly what it was. Um, our food, our, our water, our thoughts, our environment, you know, everything is about vibration and resonance. And so if you're living in a really toxic environment and in a toxic relationship and uh, eating bad foods, these are all very low resonant activities. And so your body is going to be operating there. And so will your spirit. Because I believe that God's a pretty high vibration. <laughs> so I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. <laughs> so if we want to access and be in union with him, then we have to move towards that. Um, it could be said that this is a move towards holiness. Um, because we are uh, moving into that realm, and that's how I see this. It's a purity. It's a, it's a devotion. It's a, a being awake and conscious and and the more that we raise our own vibration, the more we affect the vibration of the people around us. So living in my, my marriage with my family, I noticed they rarely got ill. And then when I moved in with my mother and the marriage ended, now my mother, who was getting ill once a year, hasn't been ill in years. She's 82. So it is a, a vibration, a resonance, and a bringing things up. And, and I am in charge of the food and cooking here, so that probably has something to do with it. But well, that's uh, the same thing that Mark is doing with his dad. Right. Well, it's ever important. Since, ever since he took over the, the cooking and uh, taking care of things, uh, mm -hmm. his dad has done a lot better than with doctors. Good job, Mark. Good job. Yeah. It's a real blessing to be able to bring that back to our parents. So It is. It is. Yeah. And, and I can't imagine doing anything else, to be honest. Um, right. When, when you consider what your parents do for you. Right. Right. Um, well. It's not even nurse, like you're paying a debt. It's just doing what uh, what is right and natural, as far as I'm exactly, concerned. Exactly. Exactly. Well, these nursing homes are really... It's a... Sentences. Yeah, it's it's really sad. And I read the other day about they call it sending them to China. So if they have a difficult patient, they just over medicate them. So they sleep. Yeah, yeah they do. Yeah. So it's this is such a violation of human uh, love. It's it's not it's well, it's a violation of humanity. It's an offense to God. It's 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 insane what's going on. So well, it's 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 close to cruel. It's close to cruelty as I think you can get. Well, it's right. it's predatory. It's yeah. financial predatory is what it is. It's just the, the pharmaceutical agenda. So, It's interesting so, how um, humans do to each other what they would not dare to do to animals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Some mm -hmm. humans. Some yeah. humans. Well, that's what we're here for. We're trying to get them to take a different path and show them there's some options out there. So, But as you know, it's a tough job. Yes, it is. It, it is. is. Someone's yes. got to do it, right? Right, so right. You, you and I and Mark and, and many others are in the vanguard in that way, and we are being fought by the system mm -hmm. every step of the way. So uh, trying to shorten uh, the, the talk here because we can't go into all the details. Um, we, we'll talk about your book soon. And uh, first I was curious, 
you went into healing yourself personally and then you went to heal other people with massage. At what point did you discover your ability to heal with energy? Well, this actually happened when I was um, still in church. I do not go to Christian churches. I don't go to church at all anymore. I'm convinced that institutions of man when it comes to religion get pretty distorted. And so there's some exceptions, but um, given the work that I have to do, it's, it's really easier on me if I just don't go watch the show. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just hard to, to bear. So it'd be different if they were teachable. So when I was still in church, this was probably March of 1990. All of this started in 1988 is when my health just, just took a complete dive in December of 88. And January of 89 is when I had, uh, I think, a, a kind of a start of my awakening. And then it was, I think, March of 1990 that I was standing in church and I wasn't in an altered state. In fact, I had just turned around and told my then toddler that she can't be in the chairs. And when I turned around to rejoin the singing, I raised my hand in the air. And when I did, it felt like a bolt of lightning struck me. And it came in the palm of my right hand because it was in the air. This one was kind of like lower, but it hit, hit me is what it felt like. It went into my mouth. My lips went numb and started tingling. I broke out in a sweat over my lips. My hands broke out in a sweat. And I sat down and wrote this in a journal. And I started journaling back then because these things were happening. And I'm like, I need to keep up with this. I knew it was something important. So I sat down and wrote it down. And then the next morning when I went upstairs in our prayer room, and when I started praying, my hands got hot, very hot. And I was like, what are you doing? And so it became obvious that something had changed in me. So I started finding people that were willing and pulling the couch cushions off and laying them on the floor and putting people in. I always started with them face down. And God was just you know, kind of encouraging me, do this, do this. You feel an inclination and then you just kind of start following through. So it just always seemed right to start at the base of their spine. So Alon, when I first started this, it would be two hours going up their spine and just moving my hands as I felt permission. And what I started noticing is that there were thumps and bumps that I would feel in the palm of my hand. And then I would start feeling something that was spinning like a little disc and it was about the size of the palm of my hand. And if I left my hand there long enough, often it would stop spinning and there would be a couple of three or four second pause and then it would start spinning the other way. And this is how a little Texas girl <laughs> raised around a sea of Bubba's that don't believe in any of that stuff came to understand that there is an energetic anatomy to our body that we can't see, but we can feel it. Yeah. Not only can we see it and feel it, but we can manipulate it in a positive way. Um, of course, if you're working in the healing realm, it's always for highest good. Um, and there's never selfish motives involved. And, you know, there's just kind of this thing that you understand. It's not anything anybody taught me. Um, it kind of feels like, what would Jesus do? <laughs> yeah, so mm -hmm. um, anyway, so I, I was doing these sessions, but at, at the same time, I was telling people, you know, you can't be drinking Cokes and you because you know, God that was saturating me in that. And most of these people were from my Christian community. 
And they would look at me like I had lost my mind to suggest that they not go to Jack in the Box and not drink soft drinks. And so mm-hmm. after a while, um, I got depressed and I really went through like a three week just morning and I finally drummed up the courage I guess to tell God thank you very much for that gift but I don't want it I said you know if the people aren't willing to do anything on their own behalf I'm wasting your time and mine I wasn't being paid for my time this was a I think an exploration Um, in fact God told me don't tell your pastor about this this is for your education so that was in 1990 we moved out to the hill country uh, Canyon Lake in Uh, 1991 November and I did very few sessions and that's what God told me he said I'm going to bring a few people along and I want you to be willing but generally you're not doing this anymore and the people that he brought me along were important Uh, one of them was a mom of a little boy with uh, cerebral palsy now I think he may have been vaccine injured Um, and she had twins and she had five kids and Um, So I did a healing session on her back and it was still when I was doing it hands-on and she said it felt like a hot iron was on her back and the pain and the the force was so strong that it came out her front thigh and down her leg but she said five years later she's still picking up this disabled boy and putting him in and out of a crib and in and out of um Uh, the car seat and stuff and her back was out and she said Kathy from the time you did that session my back has never hurt me again she said it was like God put his hand on my back permanently so that's when I started realizing there's something really special to this and it really does feel like God's touch and so as I look back Elon I realized there was a one of the first there's there's this theme of of energy teaching throughout this experience and when I was very ill in the beginning he said I want you to wear all natural unblended fibers and I was like okay whatever he told me I just obeyed it and later he would tell me why so it was Months later, I'm walking down uh, the mall, and I think it was in Spencer Gifts, you know, that novelty store. In the window of uh, the store, they had a clock that was uh, running off of a potato that was cut in half. (laughs) And it was a little digital clock and two wires over here and two wires over here. And I walked past it, and I went, what? And I backed up and I stood there and looked at that thing and God said, that's right. There's energy in that potato. And I was like, whoa. And there was a box sitting there and it showed an apple and an orange and a tomato. And he said, every one of those things have an energetic frequency and they all vary. Even if it's slightly, they all vary. And he said, the same thing is true with linen and flax and cotton and, and silk. He said, So when you put them together, even though they're a healthy frequency on their own, you're creating a chaotic energy field. And then you put that on your body, which has its own energy field, and it can't harmonize. It's just chaotic. And I'm like, actually, that makes sense. So um, I, the next thing that, that happened that was significant is when I broke my back um, in 1994, and that too was a God orchestrated event um, for, and it was an amazing school. You know, people say, how, how can you love a God that would let you fall off a bridge and break your back? And, 
But I got signed up for an education. Remember that I told him, if you get my life out of the trash, it's yours. So he was, he was taking me somewhere, and I'm so glad he did. So one of the things I went through is they did a myelogram on me. After my first accident, 18 months later, I was re-injured further. Um, I had broken my spine. It was a, a compound fracture dislocation at T12L1. And they put two 10-inch steel rods about the diameter of a number two pencil in my back. I wore a hard shell plastic brace with the bar that comes up here for a year to let the bone fragments uh, take. And then 18 months later after that accident, I fell in a hardware store where someone had left PVC pipe laying across an aisle on a white tile floor. So I went through uh, cumulatively 14 years of horrific sciatica. And during this thing, I was going through a myelogram, and it's a study where they, they take some uh, spinal fluid out of your spine, spinal column, send it off to pathology, and use that same port to, to inject dye. And then they watch where the dye is going to see where it stops to know where they might need to do surgery. Instead, because my spinal column had been narrowed and we found out that in that fall, the spine had been yanked up into that narrowed column from that previous injury and was stuck. So I'm going through all of this. So when they injected that dye, my body went into a complete spasm on the table. So they're running me, literally running with me across the hospital to get me to the CT scan. We get there and there's somebody on the table so they leave me in the hall and I'm, I'm in shock I'm pretty sure that I'm in shock and they just leave, park the gurney and tell the guy I'm there and leave so I'm laying in the hall and I'm going into such high levels of pain that it felt like I was going to leave my body and they couldn't give me anything for pain because they would have had to send me back to the room call the doctor call the pharmacy and that wasn't anyway so they just parked me in the hall so I'm laying there and every time the cerebrospinal fluid, you know, it flows up and down. It goes from the brain and it goes down the spinal column to the tip and then it hesitates and it comes back up and it's like a powerhouse is what it is. And so every time it would cross this place where they had injected that dye, I would go into this crisis level of pain and I would cry out. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there and I said, I'm, I'm talking to God. I always talk to God. And I said, I'm about to scream bloody murder. This is cruel. I'm going to get pain medicine. I don't care if we do this test or not. This is insane. And I, Elon, I swear I saw an impression sit down on that gurney with me, like Christ or an angel, Holy Spirit. Somebody sat down on that gurney with me and said, well, that's an option. Or if you wait a second, I'll show you something. And I went, ooh. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so I, I go through my process. They finally get me into the room and the guy, I'm, sh I'm shaking, I'm in such a state. And the guy's like, are you cold? And I'm like, I don't know what I am. I now know I was in shock. And so he started the test and I'm in there like this and, and that pain comes. And as it does, I hear God as clearly as the two of you are speaking to me. And he says, give it a sound. And a pitch pipe blew in my ear with a specific tone. Instead of crying, I knew match that tone. So I said, ah, and the pain dropped. 
And so here it came back again. And again, he said, give it a sound and another tone blew. And this happened, I believe, six times. And on the sixth time, the remaining pain went boop. There's no way in the world you can't see energy involved in this. I mean, we know that sound is energy and frequency and vibration and resonance and, you know, music. I mean, this is, this is all what this is about. So um, there's a common theme. Um, you know, I love that Tesla said, if you want to discover the secrets of the universe, you have to think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. And so... Um, it's that's that's how this came about. Does that answer your question sufficiently? Right, right. Okay. Uh, for for um, <laughs> I, I I have done some energy work with Alana, which you know. Yes. Um, and to be honest with you, I I can't say that I've experienced anything extraordinary. Mm -hmm. um, maybe it was very diffuse. Um, and, you know, I was, I mean, I've not ever since, but um, off and on, I would talk to people about energy work, and a lot of people say, oh, that's poppycock, it's just, mm -hmm. uh, <clears throat> it doesn't work, or whatever. How, how can you explain in simple term how energy work works? Well, um, we know that the human body has many electrical functions, correct? I mean, it's a, a huge part of it is electrical. The heart's electrical. Every cell membrane is electrical, really. Um, um, so electricity is a huge part of us, and you can interchange those words. Energy can be used to talk about um, current flowing through a wire or current flowing through me. Um, you know, one of the things I tell people is the way you know energy is real is all of us have walked into a room where someone had an argument, and we didn't hear it. But when you walk in, you can feel it, can't you? Yeah. Okay, that's energy. And what I believe is that when I had that lightning strike thing happen in church when I was in praise, I believe it raised my vibration. I was already probably 18 months into the healthy diet thing. And I was, like I said, I was water fasting. I was seeking God. I went nine days. That's the longest I went on a water fast. But it will, uh, it'll change your vibration. There is no doubt. Um, and so now I look back and I feel like God was showing me how to get well, but that my response to him was probably so um, exciting to him to see somebody go, wow, this is awesome. I was reading six and seven books at a time. I was just Blair. I mean, <laughs> it, was just, it changed me. And so um, I think that once he gave me that lightning bolt, that it raised my vibration and the lifestyle that he had already taught me helped me maintain it. Um, and then he kind of continued to pepper that, that um, and encourage that as I continued to grow in other areas. So, okay, uh, let I, me refine my question. How, okay. how does energy work heal? How does it, can you um, graphically or, you know, in a picture kind of way, explain how the energy okay. works to the body and heals certain condition? Because I think that's what most people are interested Because mm -hmm. if people are not interested, they won't care. Right. But 
if people are curious, at least curious about it, I would like you to explain how it works so that maybe you can make some, and uh, pardon the, the word, but some converts here <laughs> into the, uh, the ability of energy to heal one's okay. body. Well, um, okay, so illness, they say, starts actually in the energy field before it starts in the physical manifestation of the cells and tissues, organs, and systems of the body. So um, because I have a higher vibration, when I would lay my hands on, and now I don't even touch the client, I, don't, I prefer to not even have them know I'm working on them in most cases, um, but when I lay my hands on someone, my higher vibration, so if I'm, if I'm vibrating at a higher frequency than you, mm -hmm. and I lay my hands on you, your body's lower vibration energy is going to move towards that healthier, higher vibration. Mm -hmm. um, it's just, it's the path of least resistance. It's, it, again, if God is high, high, high vibration, and, and let's say you're here and I'm here and he's way up here, then I'm just bringing you up a, uh, up a notch in the, in the frequency of your body. And so, um, but, you know, does that make sense? Uh, I mean, it's not, I'm, I'm trying it's not to find, proof, but. I'm, I'm trying to find an analogy. So let's talk about someone's body is sick. And if the body is, um, let's say, an electric wire, and there's some crooks and bends, and the electricity, the power, the energy doesn't flow well, are you? Is your job to straighten up or clean up that energy and make it? Yes, work it, it can bring it into balance. Um, mm -hmm. And I wanted to show you something. This is a book I got in the mail yesterday. Um, and it's called, it's Cross Currents, and it's by Dr. Robert O. Becker. This was copyrighted in 1990, so it's been out almost 20 years. Mm -hmm. And he has a chapter in here, it's called Cross Currents, and it says, the perils of electropollution and the promise of electromedicine. So there's ways to help the body and ways to hurt the body using energy. And what's interesting, he has about eight pages in here that talk about the healer phenomenon. And he said that, um, he said it's, and it's funny because 20 years ago, he's saying, oh, this is much more accepted now. And I'm like, no, it isn't. <laughs> you know, it's right. like um, one of the reasons it's hard to get paid for this service is because people don't understand it. They're not going to buy what they don't understand. Right. But the book has its own purpose because um I now, I won't even work with a client unless you've read the book. If you haven't read the book, you can't pay me enough to read it to you. I'm not going right. to disseminate it. It took 23 years of my life. It's the book that I wish somebody had written for me to read. Um, right. It covers a broad foundation of what we're doing to destroy our health. And so, um, you know, to me now, if you are, if you're not eating right, if you're going to eat low vibration foods, drink low vibration drinks, think bad things, be in a bad relationship, be stuck in a third grade spiritual institution, and you're not interested in growing, then I'm not interested in working with you. I mean, it's right. kind of, uh, what's the point? It's too which, hard. Which brings me to another analogy. If someone 
consciously or consciously or because of lack of knowledge or experience, uh, goes through life uh, eating bad foods, drinking bad drinks, what we consider bad drinks. Now, right. of course, unhealthy. they think they right. unhealthy. They think is good for them. Uh, mm-hmm. We Diet disagree pips. with that. <laughs> so, in a way, that makes them uh, a lower quality conduit for healing energy, isn't that Bingo. right? Bingo. Perfect. Perfect. You got it. Okay. You got it. Well, it's thank you for it. helping me understand that. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's, it's true. Yeah.